0: hello it is tuesday december 31st the 3650th day of the decade congratulations you took another trip around the sun happy new year new year new me starts tomorrow You got a lot of big things cooking, a lot of big plans. Maybe 2019 wasn't the year you thought it was going to be. Well, 2020 will be. Or maybe 2019 was fucking awesome. Well, that means it's going to continue into 2020. It's a nice refresh, restart to get the bullshits out of your life and start on a new path for about 13 or 14 days. That's what's going to happen to me and Zito, I assume. New Fit Fam lifestyle that we're running with. Accountability buddies. For every day, me, Zito, and I think Diggs is involved as well, act in a fit fashion. So if we work out hard, we're allowed to eat a little bit more. If we don't work out, we have to be super stringent on the diet. For every day, we adhere to the Fit Fam lifestyle. $500 will go into a kitty, will go into a bank. And then that will accrue 500 on top of 500 on top of 500 until one of us breaks. And then that will all be given away with our friends at Cash App. I have no idea how long we're going to last, to be honest with you. Zito and I, we started out with this being like, yeah, we got to eat healthy and work out every day. And we kind of backed off it a little bit, to be honest. (laughs) Well, if we work out hard, we should be able to reward ourselves with some eating. You're right. We agreed to that. So if we work out hard, we're allowed to eat. If we don't work out, can't eat, we just have to commit to a fitter lifestyle. Accountability, buddies. Five hundred bucks a day goes into a kitty, we'll give it away whenever one of us eventually breaks. The person I don't think is gonna break is Diggs, because Diggs told me that he has a suit fitting for his wedding in a few months and he wants to be in shape for that. And that's admirable and romantic. But I like pizza a lot. And uh I have a suit fitting at some point as well, but I just think I'm going to give in a little bit faster uh, than Digs Zito, I think could potentially be a problem, but whenever we did a weight loss challenge, Zito committed to eating a quarter of a chicken breast a day for 30 straight days. That's all he ate. He lost like, I think it was 55 pounds in 30 days, Zito did. Now, granted, he gained 70 pounds in two months back. So he ended up plus 15. But for those 30 days, he lost a shit ton of weight. It was a whole different Zito now. I mean, it was a very different Zito. He was irritable. He wasn't his normal, jolly, hilarious, upbeat self. So it was kind of tough. So that's why we had to kind of adjust the rules for this particular FitFam accountability Buddies thing so that we're not miserable because I can get hangry I mean I think we can all get pretty hangry but we're trying to get in better shape trying to live a little bit longer and we're trying to give away money by doing it so be excited about that and I am excited for year 2020 I think you're gonna crush it this next decade is gonna be one where you're gonna look back and go man I fucking crushed it speaking of I think I got a punter of the decade last decade No big deal, not punter of the day, not punter of the week, not punter of the month, or even the year, the decade. That one feels pretty good, I'm going to be honest. Shout out to Pro Football Focus, that was very nice of them. A lot of playoffs happening right now, we dive into all of it, and I think there's still time to get tickets to one of the games. And if you're going to get tickets to a game, to a concert, to a comedy event, to anything that has tickets, you have to go through our friends at SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, our first-ever sponsor, our biggest sponsor, and the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and... The moon! Just woke up the dogs with that one. Sounded good, babe. And the moon. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for every ticket that you buy. And you won't get catfished. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. So you can shop with some confidence out there. God damn. Can it get any better? Yes, it can. Right now, you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, get $20 off your first order. Holy shit. I know. I know. It's crazy. SeatGeek is the best. Go buy some tickets. It's a great gift. It's a new year. Go out and do something different. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. Now, let's get to the show. A lot to digest after what happened yesterday. Packers get a massive win over the Detroit Lions. I mean, it's an ugly style of football, but it feels like that's just what the Packers are this year. They have this incredible ability to win these close games that might drive their fans crazy, might drive a lot of media pundits crazy about how they've lost it, but all they do is continue to win, 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 and they were damn close to being the number one seed in the NFC. We're talking an eighth of an inch away from being the number one seed in the NFC. How do the Packers feel going into the playoffs? Ty
1: I mean, yeah, yesterday was tough, but the the Lions always play the Packers very, very tough and Mm -hmm. very well. I tell you what, they really could have used the number one seed because it's just it's tough to think that they can go to San Francisco and beat them later on. But hey, you know, all things considered, going into this year, I didn't think there was any way the Packers were going to have a first round buy and you know, a home playoff game. So, but Rodgers, I tell you what, 27 to 55 is not going to get it done in the playoffs. He
0: even admitted a rough first half for Aaron Mm Rodgers. They get to win over the Detroit Lions. Just bury the Lions even more to go into the off season. The Packers led for zero seconds Mm -hmm. in both games against the Lions this year. Come out 2-0 against the Lions. That's good for Detroit. That's good for the (laughs) Packers. I have no idea what's going to happen in Detroit next year. Danny Amendola's jacked up. They got Matt Patricia back. Okay, so if the seahawks get the win last night though the packers are somehow the number one nfc seed and instead what happens is early early it looks like san francisco is just going to dominate this seahawks team in somehow some way russell wilson has had this ability to put the team on his back when it looks like they are all for naught i I mean that team might be they're bad they're bad <laughs> yeah, they are for a lot of football they are bad but then they have this magical ability to make plays and whenever it came down to it at the end they get the ball back to potentially go down and drive and win the game with a touchdown I think everybody watching was like oh this is what's going to happen Russell Wilson's going to march down the field and he's going to score a tighter here with a guy that none of us have heard of I mean Tyler Lockett I guess we've heard of he's their number one but then Hollister's Hollister guy who when we hear of him this year I guess well last time yeah were after prime television yeah. that's it so they have nobody basically on their on their team and they just march right down the field against a great defense in the san francisco 49ers now they get a first and goal on the half inch line the inch line and they spike it instead of trying to ram one up in there they spike it okay wasted down now you have marshall lynch on your team all of a sudden did he look great I do serve a tequila <laughs> I For that, I thought he looked great. His first run there, where he jumped into the back of his own guy, looked spry, looked like he still had it. And if you saw the first play he was in, it was a play action play where he ran off to the left. He tried to hit somebody. You could tell he wanted to, like, hit somebody again just to, like, see what it was like. Because when you're out of it for 14 months, I assume that's a little bit of a different animal. Marshawn Lynch gets back in there. He gets on the goal line earlier in the game, has a massive leap for a touchdown. I mean, a lot of things happen for Marshawn Lynch. Now you get in the same a situation that I assume came up during negotiations on whether <laughs> Marshawn was going to come back or not. Hey coach, we're on the one, we're on the half yard line, whatever. Are we running this thing or are we throwing uh We'll run it for you. He's chewing his gum. We'll run. <laughs> we'll run it. They get into a situation there with a second and goal on the inch line to win the game, to lock up the number one seed for the Green Bay Packers and a bye. And what happens? A delay of game? How does a delay of game happen right there? How does a delay of game happen with Russell Wilson, who by all accounts is a very intelligent quarterback? Schottenheimer is a very experienced offensive coordinator. He was with us at the Colts. Very good guy. Pete Carroll. Everything. How do you get a delay of game in that situation with the season? A lot on the line there. They get a delay of game. They back it up. They almost still win. Alberto Riveron finishes the season in the same exact fashion as he started it. Just a complete cluster all <laughs> over the place. Nobody knows the rules. They put a rule in last year because of something very similar to this. They refused to, to abide by it early in the year. Now the last game of the decade in the NFL, they refuse to abide by the rule. I mean, it's just one of those things where the Seattle Seahawks definitely shot themselves in the foot at the end of the game with the delay of game. Alberto Riveron definitely helped them out in screwing them out of that win. The Seahawks in Greenlaw, I believe his name is, was one of the biggest hits I've seen in football. And now we have an NFC lineup that nobody could have expected. That was an eighth of an inch away, completely different mm-hmm. uh, lineup. And now the playoffs are about to be an electric
2: one. I mean, the, the delay, of ga- delay of game was egregious because you almost had another – 30 seconds to figure out what play you're calling because you didn't run anything on first down because you spiked it. Like not having, like you said, if you would have just on that and if you would have hurried up, and instead of spiking, just probably, quarterback, just quarterback sneak. sneak it, he's probably in. You're on an inch line.
0: You're on the inch line. I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess spike it gives you time to think and figure it out, which is okay. I, I mean, everybody does their things differently. But the fact you get a delayed game after that, it, it makes no sense. It's almost like they thought they took a timeout. Yeah. It's almost like they what it felt like they thought they took a timeout. Because I wasn't even thinking about it either. I don't even think I looked at the play clock until I saw the flag go down. I was like, is this a like, the like delay game? I'm like, that is like a Freddie Kitchens <laughs> Cleveland Browns yeah. That's what that was. That was like a Cleveland Browns mishandled, misoperated. Bad football team operation. Instead, it's the Seattle Seahawks. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not what you guys do, except for in a Super Bowl when you decide to throw it instead of run.
2: And how often during the week do teams practice goal line? A, a lot. Like, I'm sure there's a little section on their play sheet, too, for goal line. If you're on the one-yard line, now, call these plays.
0: Now, for to their defense, they just got Marshawn Lynch, what, two days ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they probably weren't as you know, ready to go on a goal line to have Marshawn Lynch just go in there. Marshawn had his hat on, by the way, because he hadn't learned a two-minute offense. Because <laughs> the, the two-minute mm-hmm. offense is a completely different offense than the regular offense. Now, granted, I think the Seahawks should be running tempo, two-minute offense at all times. I think that's when Russell Wilson really shines because he has the ability to pick apart a defense who can't – sub in sub out get an entire read and their offense is just playing as opposed to overthinking it doesn't make sense to me that they don't run tempo all the time and granted that's why i'm not an offense coordinator i think the seahawks do a lot better with tempo but marshall lynch was on the side them with his his beanie on it was almost like they told him like hey you don't know the two-minute offense this is all you had to know now just take your time you're off and then as soon as it gets on the goal line somebody would be like yo marshall find your helmet you're back in And I think that should have been something that was in. Like, hey, if we get on the goal line, we got Marshawn Lynch here. Literally beast mode is his name. We just flood him in here. It's over. There shouldn't even been a thought there. It should have been just like, as soon as you get it, let's go. It was very interesting to me. I I just thought it was mishandled. They're still in the game, though. They're still in the playoffs. Packers just don't have the number one seed, which I assume all of Green Bay happened. Saints don't get a bye because of Alberto Riveron not doing overlooking or, or reviewing that pass interference. That was pretty obvious. Alberto Riveron, I guess, sent a message to, some uh, there was interaction between Alberto Riveron and somebody. The, there's an entire quote about it where he said, "Well, we thought that Hollister ran into it. He initiated the contact." I was like, "Everybody else in America, watch that. Saw the guy just grope the dude in the end zone." I don't know how. I don't know how it happens.
2: Yeah, but. he also said that they had a bunch of great angles from NBC and that they did quickly review it in New York, but they did, they decided that didn't need the full review where they needed to take more time.
0: You know what? There's nothing on the line, Alberto. There's nothing on the line, Alberto Riveron. Just don't even... You know what? Don't even think about just taking another look at that because that's what the rule was put in place for. This is just another... This is another edition of the Alberta Riveron gang taking a stand against a rule that was implemented that goes directly against the on-field refs judgment, which is what Alberta Riveron doesn't like. We saw it at the beginning of the season where they would never overturn a pass interference Mm -hmm. call, even if it was reviewed. Coaches got to the point where they would hold up the red flag, look at their fans and be like, listen... I agree with you. I'm going to challenge this, but there's no chance this gets overturned, throws it into the ground, no chance of it overturning because Alberta Riveron took a stand early in the year that he was not going to go against the judgment of the refs on the field. He thought that this new rule that was implemented, the pass interference review, was a direct shot at the subjectivity of pass interference in the game. He, he refused to believe that this is something that was just put in place to make the game better he stuck with it all the way through the entire season coaches stopped challenging it even though the rule said you could challenge it coaches stopped doing it because they were wasting timeouts wasting pivotal challenges and here we are last game of the decade where it should have got called down it should have been looked at and instead what do we have we have another conversation on Monday about how Alberto Riveron and the crew messes everything up. And it just, it seems like this is going to be a problem. Now, the, mm-hmm. the NFL did say they were going to take a look at the officiating from the top down as soon as the season ends. It's Black Monday. <laughs> the season ended. There has to be somebody that can put in there for the playoffs because we got a good playoff lineup. We got some good teams in the playoff. This is going to be a treacherous route through the NFC. The AFC, nobody has a clue what's going to happen. Is Lamar Jackson still going to stay hot? I'd assume. Are the Patriots going to be able to stop derrick henry who's six foot 12 270 pounds is the dynasty coming to an end i have no idea there's so many storylines that could possibly happen the one that the nfl does not want to have mm-hmm. is that the refs blew it again and that just seems to be a, a mainstay of this 2019 nfl season i don't like it i don't like wearing a shirt that says alberto riveron is the grinch of football. <laughs> I, I don't like going on on various platforms and saying Alberto Riveron, probably a good guy, completely inept at his job, but it just shows up every single week. It seems like this is the case. And in a league that makes billions and billions of dollars, it seems like this should be something that's figured out. And instead, here we are, biggest moment of the biggest game of the year. And once again, the Alberta-Riveron gang screws it
3: up. Is there any chance that this is the last we've seen of Riveron, or what do we think? I think so.
0: I, I mean, they said that as soon as the season ends, I would assume the NFL meant mm-hmm. as soon as the Super Bowl is over, right? Because mm-hmm. a new season begins in March, basically. Or, or April, I think it's March is the official beginning of a new NFL calendar season. So I'd assume that's when it is, but they're going to have to get somebody in there who's maybe under the age of 90, <laughs> you know, that can think quick. I mean, there, there's a lot of things you have to be able to do you have to think quick you have to be able to know the rules inside and out you have to and and I just think I don't know who they're going to get for the gig I've said this before I've said this again there isn't a feeder system for good refs unless Ed Hockley decides to fornicate every single night and just recreate new children. I don't know where they're going to get good refs from because nobody wants to be a ref. I don't want to be a ref. You don't want to be a ref. Nobody wants to be a ref. Just like nobody wants to be a cop. Everybody expects cops to be these incredible humans. It's like, who wants to be a cop? Nobody. People that end up having to be a cop are the people that want to be a cop. The people that end up being refs are people that have to be a ref. It's just like, I don't know how you fix it, but I do know the cameras are there to try to help and Alberto Riveron refuses to use
1: them. Maybe start with getting a guy who's got a little bit of humility and who doesn't mind like putting a hand up and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I was wrong. We were wrong today. Like, No. That, I mean, that, I think that's where it starts because Alberto Riveron will never do that. Ever,
0: ever. 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 Never, ever. And then, like, he they released that entire give and take he had with, who's a pool? There, there was some commentator he had a conversation with. I don't know if anybody saw that. Mm. You didn't see that?
2: No. Uh, it was a, a
0: pool report, so I think it was just like we're all, like, the reporters
1: are, are around there, like the... Yeah, I don't know
0: what that means. I've never seen that word before in my life, and it was pool report, and it was an entire Alberta Riveron talking about how the NBC angles we saw didn't warrant a review, and I was just like, I don't know, dude. I mean, this is massive implications. Week 17, the NFC West is on the line. I mean, there's there's a lot up for grabs there, Riveron. Why don't you figure it the hell out?
2: I did see that. I actually typed it and put it on a piece of paper this morning, so I did see the pool
0: report. Yeah, yeah, dicks. (laughs) The Dallas Cowboys gig now obligatory Dallas Cowboys talk the Dallas Cowboys gig Jason Garrett doesn't have to be fired because his contract is up so it's not oh. like uh Jerry Jones has to give a you're fired doesn't have to do that just doesn't have to re-sign him which everybody is saying is probable now there's a lot of names that have been linked to this Dallas Cowboys gig lot of names We even threw in there that potentially Josh McDaniels gets fired. We, or not gets fired, but goes down there and takes Tom Brady with him over there. That'd be wild. Then Urban Meyer's name started floating around because Urban Meyer, not only a legendary college coach, but everybody say, seems to think that he wants to tip his toes into the NFL water. Not a lot of college coaches have had success, especially those who coach in his particular fashion, but Urban Meyer seems like the type of guy who would be a nice fit with the Dallas Cowboys other than the fact that Jerry Jones handles all personnel decisions. So could that be a problem for a guy that's used to controlling everything? I'd assume so in my eyes, the person they should hire is Lincoln Riley because just like Cliff Kingsbury, just like Sean McVay, just like Matt LaFleur even, these young coaches who are supposed to be these masterminds of offense, which I think Lincoln Riley can take credit for. I mean, for sure. He's done very well with numerous different quarterbacks that have transferred in there. He doesn't want to have to deal with the general manager responsibilities anyways. He doesn't want to have to deal with all the glitz and glamour that Jerry Jones handles and Mike might call for, you know, an interesting personality difference with a guy who owns the team who's a billionaire making all the decisions Lincoln Riley can come in there and just have to run the offense run the day-to-day for the team and I think what I've learned about Lincoln Riley is that his players love him like Lincoln Riley's players love him which is something that is a big big part of being a coach is getting your players to want to run through a wall for you you got Dak Prescott they're gonna have to pay him you got Ezekiel Elliott I assume they're gonna pay Amari Cooper as well you have Gallup who's somehow playing well Cobb who's playing well you have a great offensive line Lincoln Riley can go in there and get that offense rolling now is the defense ready to go I think they had some injuries so maybe that'll be on the other side but for me Lincoln Riley seems like the right fit it might not be the guy that gets hired but in my eyes Lincoln Riley what more do you need to accomplish in college are you going to in Oklahoma, keep winning until you get to the college football playoff and just get slaughtered every mm-hmm. single year. Is that what you're going to do? You have guys who've already gone to Heisman. You've been there, done that with basically everything. I think Lincoln Riley's the right hire for the Cowboys, and I have no say in this at all. Obviously, nobody does other than Jerry Jones, but I don't know why that wouldn't happen. And The more and more I think about it, the more and more I buy into it, by the way. It's not like the more and more I think about it, I'm going the other way. The more and more I think about it, like him with Dak Prescott could probably turn him into to an absolute monster, especially with the success you've seen with Kyler and with Lamar. Mar, and Dak's ability, not only to throw, but he's also an athlete. I think an underappreciated athlete, Dak Prescott, is because he's a pocket passer so much. I think Lincoln Riley can get in there and do some real work for them. I, I don't know why he wouldn't do that. To me. I yeah. have a question for yeah. you.
1: Do, I saw a lot of people saying, do, do you think they take into account at all them getting their ass beat in that game? Like, does Oklahoma? that make, yeah,
0: yeah, does that make it's you? It's all like, recruiting. I think everybody knows that it's recruiting. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing about college football that I've learned through our, what, one year now in the college football world is there are some teams that just got dudes. And whenever you go down on the field and you look at one side and then you look at the other side, you're like, damn, this looks like, <laughs> this looks like some men over here. And this looks like some children over here. Now, granted, this team might have great scheme and they might be buying in more, so they might beat the team of athletes. But I think whenever you look at what LSU Has versus what Oklahoma was able to have now is does that fall on Lincoln rally for not being able to recruit like that? potentially oklahoma is a massive name big 12 is a big conference so maybe it is his fault for not getting the same type of dudes that the sec guys are getting but for me i think getting them into the college football playoff with the teams that he has i think is more than enough to warrant a fact that hey this guy his strategy his scheme on the offensive side would be a good nfl coach i don't know how he runs the day-to-day i think he is respected and appreciated by his players which i like a lot But for me, I think he's the right answer. And I think, well, if you're Lincoln Riley, what do you want to do? You want to keep just getting blown out? Is that what you want to do? I don't know. How much more do you want? How much more can he accomplish at college at Oklahoma? Unless he takes one of those schools, big time schools in the SEC or Ohio State gig, or I guess Clemson now, what's the next step for him in college? I don't know what it is. But I think in the NFL, the next step for him could be, hey, I could ride this train of innovation that everybody's doing in the NFL right now and really maybe take that next step. And if you win with the Dallas Cowboys, just like if you win in any place that has a cult, Legion-like fan base, you're a hero forever. And I think Lincoln Riley could be a guy that could go in there and win.
2: Yeah, I I think right now would be a great time if I was Lincoln Riley to make the jump as well because Oklahoma is a blue-blood school, and if you keep getting beat like this in the college football playoffs, just like it happened to Bob Stoops, like you could get so far and It'll then turn Yeah, they're gonna start turning on you. But so like right now How many times? <laughs> How many
0: times, Lincoln? Yeah, you can get us to the dance, but you can't move your feet. Trying to do you down two step with the big boys and all we we'll do is sit on the wall. <laughs> That's what'll happen. Exactly. If a boomer. <laughs> that's sure. all they'll do. They have a diehard fan base. Oh, yeah. And it's real, though. Like, Stoops, for a long time, was able to get to a big game, and then they weren't able to win. My West Virginia team beat the hell out of them in the Fiesta Bowl, and they were talking about how we weren't a good enough opponent for them. Like, they Stoops was even like, wow, we thought we'd get a better opponent or whatever. So it is something that's very interesting to me. And I think right now, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm very proud of the accomplishments that I've done at Oklahoma. I, I assume Oklahoma is very proud of what he's done. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna to be tough for any of these college coaches to turn their back on their players. I think when we talked to Norvell last week or two weeks ago when he talked about how he had to address the team that he was going to Florida State, how that was the hardest conversation he's ever had because he recruited those kids there. He had that entire moment with them. Because in college, you're taking boys to men. A B C me. So it's a whole new world. It's uh it's a very chemistry is high between mm-hmm. coach and players. But for him, I don't know why you wouldn't go. And I Jerry Jones, I think, should be making that call, honestly. Urban Meyer, maybe, because he's a massive name. But I think Lincoln Riley is the guy that you're going to want.
2: Let me know if, if this makes sense at all. So I look at Lincoln Riley as just an, an offensive guy. But I think Matt Rule would be more I think he's suitable the for the NFL. I think he's going to the Because I think he's more of like an overall... Head coach. Well, he started in the NFL too. He started with
0: the Giants with Tom Coughlin. I mean, that is something where I I think the Giants and Matt Rule, you might as well go ahead and just lock that one in, especially with the fact that he told his players, like, hey, I know you guys will be getting notifications. I want to address this with you up front. I am listening to NFL calls. I have to, basically, is what he said. It would be dumb not to. And from what it sounds like, all the Baylor Bears players were like, hey, we appreciated his honesty with us. We appreciated the fact that he has done a lot for us. He said he'll always be by our side. And I think they're proud of almost their coach getting this opportunity to go to the NFL. Just like Baylor players would be proud to go to the NFL, I think the way Matt Rule has handled it with his players, who, by the way, aren't transfers, I think the thing Matt Rule was most proud about with how much success they had is they was all homegrown guys guys that work very hard that they coached up and i think his players saying to him like hey it's okay we understand that's probably a massive weight lifted off of matt rule's shoulders but let's assume matt rule ends up at the giants Let's assume that he ends up – and this is not me talking to Matt Rule, although I would consider him a friend of this show. I think he's going to end up at the Giants just because it's a coming full circle situation, and that team over there has some things that you would want in a team. They have an obvious quarterback that you can have for the future in Danny Dimes. You have a running back in Saquon Barkley that when he's trying, it seems like he's very good. I don't think he tried all year. I think there's a lot of situations where maybe he was hurt or something like that. So I think that's a team, but I think that is almost like the destiny is that Matt Rule is going to be at the Giants. Mm
2: -hmm. Except they're keeping Gettleman, which hasn't been great in New York by all accounts. He drafted
0: Saquon. He drafted Danny
2: Dimes. Yeah. I mean, Danny Dimes, that pick was... He's made some weird free agent and moves along those lines and trades and things like that. I mean, you pay Odell a lot of money and then immediately trade him away. I think Matt, that's a weird move.
0: Well, I think that could have been a lot of other people wanting him out of there too. Especially yeah. after watching Odell yesterday. Odell got a first down. Yeah. Odell <laughs> got a first down in the middle of a quarter. There was like eight minutes left in the quarter, caught an out for a first down. He walked off the field and started yelling at himself. Wouldn't talk to anybody, took his helmet, and then he walks back on the field whenever he wants. It's like, hey, listen, I love Odell Beckham. I love his talent, his ability. I don't think there's any chance I would want that guy on my team. I mean, I mean, it was the middle of a quarter. He caught a first down and just walks off the field, <laughs> just keeps the ball in his hand, walks off the field. It- I think he thought it was a touchdown. <laughs> he walks off the field. He puts a towel over his head, starts yelling at himself, goes back, up, puts his helmet back on, goes and catches a touchdown. It's like, oh, you're rolling the dice with whatever you're going to get with that guy. I have been one who has said he's been very professional this year. Very professional. I think we expect him to be a lot louder, a lot more like you know, Mm -hmm. upset about the way things have gone in Cleveland. But that thing yesterday where they got him, the maybe that was just built up like this is what we should have been doing all year. That's probably what he was saying. Like all year we could have been doing this, but we're not. All right, I'll get back in at third down. I I just, it made no sense to me, but getting rid of him, I would assume was a lot more people than just Gettleman. Like I don't think Gettleman made that decision alone. I assume there's a lot of people that are doing that, but I think the Matt rule to the giants is a foregone conclusion. I, I would think If I'm making decisions, which uh, Jerry Jones tends to make good decisions, let's assume that that guy, I mean, sometimes he's missed, (laughs) obviously. But I think Lincoln Riley goes there. Ron Rivera goes to the Redskins. The Carolina Panthers, I think the Browns should hire McCarthy. Agree. I okay. think the Browns should hire McCarthy or Jim Caldwell. That's who I think they should hire. And then the Carolina Panthers, I have no idea.
2: Who's they, uh, they just requested, um, and his name's slipping my mind, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Eric Biannimi. Hey. Eric yeah. Oh. What are they going to do A quarterback? So I would. At this point, I'd keep Cam.
0: Yeah, I think you have to at this point. <laughs> Will Greer, West Virginia Mountaineer. Go ahead, pal. Good beard, good hair. He looked like a terrible quarterback. Oh, yeah. Not Whoa. the answer. He was throwing helium balloons <laughs> at I don't know what happened. In college, I think he had a little bit right. of zip. It looked like he didn't have much there. Now, that team might have quit completely. You lose your coach, that mm. whole thing. They might have completely unraveled, but I don't. I think Cam Newton you have to keep. Now, do you bring in a Greg Roman to be the head coach down there because you have Cam Newton and hope that somehow, some way, you can get a Lamar Jackson operation down there? I have no idea. I have no clue what you do down there in Carolina, and I don't think they know either, but I'm excited to watch it figure out.
2: Yeah, as far as as Roman, I think Cam might be a little too late in his career and a little too fragile at this point. He's taken a lot of hits to run that type of offense. But But he also had a year off now. Yeah.
0: And he's going to have to reprove himself, right? Cam Newton feels like a guy that if he has to reprove himself, have like a re emergence almost, he could probably do well for at least one year. I don't know if it's going to be two years. I think he's got at least a good year left in him. As a
2: fan, not having a quarterback on your team, it is, it is a bad, bad feeling. Like it's yesterday at the end of the day, I was like, should we, should we like get Dalton or maybe Mariota needs a second chance? Like it's <laughs> like you start saying some weird things to yourself when your team does not have a quarterback.
0: I mean, look what the Titans did. The Titans didn't have a quarterback, right? Marks Mariota was their quarterback. I guess he was lining up under center. He was a quarterback.
2: (laughs) By definition.
0: By definition, he was a quarterback, but he wasn't really that good, right? Mm -hmm. I I think, by all accounts, wasn't that good. They bring in Tannehill, and everybody was like, Tannehill? Like, this guy stinks. Tannehill has. Completely turned around the Tennessee Titans. He's been able to use and abuse the fact that they have Derrick Henry and a good offensive line mm-hmm. that's moving people. By the way, one of those offensive line uh, came from the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams couldn't pay him because they paid Goff, so that guy goes to the Titans. Now all of a sudden the Titans have the rush yard champion and Derrick Henry. Th- it, that's not a coincidence, by the way. These are things that happen. And if you keep Tannehill, I think Tannehill is old enough to know that he's not expecting 30 million like Jameis mm-hmm. Winston. He's, I think, he has enough self-awareness to understand like hey uh, when I was in Miami I didn't do great I'm getting another opportunity I'm doing very well let's build up this team and let's keep this thing rolling because that Titans team now granted I was forced to take a shot at them at the draft yeah I was yeah. forced to had no to. choice I I love that
2: Reggie's fault mm-hmm.
0: it was Reggie Wayne's fault yes. but it wasn't Reggie Wayne's fault it was the person that was in the front row who was chirping Reggie Wayne Reggie Wayne had to answer because Reggie Wayne had to answer Mm -hmm. so since reggie wayne answered that in turn made me have to answer so basically it's the buffoon wearing the shoulder pads in the front (laughs) row that made me had to take a shot at the tennessee titans but i will say this about the tennessee titans forever and ever amen they've been a team that's been this close Every time we played them, we knew we were in for like a real fight. Like, hey, this team is much better than the record. That's, that was the conversation every single time we played the Tennessee Titans. This team, much better than the record. They had this incredible ability to lose games back in the day. Like, lose games that they shouldn't lose. They just did it on a very regular occasion. Now, it seems like they're winning those games. And Tannehill and Derrick Henry seem to be the answer, but that offensive line is a big part of it. That brown dude that they have hey, is hey, an yeah. animal.
2: Finally, they finally found a receiver.
0: Animal, Because they used to have uh, Walker.
2: Delaney, that, yeah, he got hurt here. this year.
0: Tight end. He got hurt. He was their only threat, really, mm-hmm. for anybody. He gets hurt. Now they find Brown. They have a real team. And in the AFC South, who knows what's going to happen with the Colts. Todd, I mean, Todd, this Colts team is just – I mean, what the f- – Happened. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I turned it off. Like it's, It was that bad. I don't know what's going on. So I go home. I watch the one o'clock games here, six TVs. want to check out everything. I go home, 425 games. There's a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. I forget that I want the Xfinity at the house. So I'm forced mm-hmm. to watch this Colts game, Snooze Fest, and yep. the Cowboys on Snooze Fest. There's magic happening everywhere else. I can't watch it. I'm reading the stats <laughs> <laughs> on my damn phone. <laughs> but that Colts team. Well, hey, stink. What the hell happened? Pat, I I don't know if if this is an incorrect observation or not, but as a Colts fan for a long time now, it seems like we are plagued with conservative coaching mm. on the offensive side of the ball. Well, yeah. defensively as well. Yeah. It I don't know. It's like the Diggs brought it up earlier this morning. Why are we being conservative in the last game of the year against a team that already fired the coach Correct. and then had to say they didn't fire the coach? They <laughs> They did fire the coach. I don't know. But let's just go back to the AFC South. The AFC South, there's going to be a new coach in Jacksonville. The Colts, we have no idea what's going to happen with the Colts. The Texans and the Titans might be a Mm -hmm. real thing going forward. And that could be good or bad for the rest of the NFL. Because if the Titans keep Derrick Henry, he's on a contract year, just just won the rushing champ. Mm -hmm. If they keep him and he stays in shape and continues to run very, very hard. Because – Through the first three years of Derrick Henry's career here, what, four years? How many years is he in?
2: This is before Yeah, Yeah, his
0: first three years, he would have these spurts of these games that would just all of a sudden he would take over. 200 yards, 180 yards, four touchdowns. It's like, damn, this dude, if they would just give this guy the ball, feels like he could be a guy, but it never happened. Then this year they've been relying on him heavily, and I think it's because they built up that offensive line. Tannehill was not scared to give it, and then that opens up everything else. The Titans could be a real problem for the Patriots. Real problem for the Patriots. And I wouldn't say that any other year. Even though last year I hammered the money line for the Patriots in Tennessee in the Titans won <laughs> by like 20 or something like that. But for me, that's a team that can travel with that offensive line and run game. The defense is hungry, and Vrabel, he knows. Vrabel knows what's going on up there. Is this the end of a dynasty? Is this the end? Is this the thing that people have called for for the last five years, the last 10 years? Everybody said there's no way they can continue to be this good. Is this the end in wild card weekend 2019 season that the Patriots, who just got done losing to Ryan Fitzmagic, which, hey, Can't blame him. Ryan Fitzmagic can beat anybody on any given day. They'll mess around and win some games. But is Mike Vrabel in the Tennessee Titans the end of the dynasty that sends Josh McDaniels to coach somewhere else and Tom Brady to go play somewhere else, Connor? We are going to
3: find out. But, but absolutely not. I mean, let's be real here. You said it. It's been five to 10 years. Everyone's been having Every, five everyone. to 10. I was still playing. Everybody was like, it's over.
0: It was like, Hey, I don't think
3: so. And Here we are 2019. I mean, we're 12 and four. That's a hell of a season. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna end tomorrow. It's not gonna end next year. It's
0: going to be a while. There's no way you believe that.
3: Oh, there, I, I believe no wholeheartedly. You... You think it's going to be
0: a while? I mean, you got to think we have a great core on defense. Okay, so what if the if the Patriots get to the AFC Championship this year? Yeah. Th- <laughs> sounds like, by the way, <laughs> by all accounts, by everybody talking, sounds like that's going to be very difficult to do. Very. Difficult. If they get there, does the dynasty still remain? Is it still like, yeah, we had a good year? Or does the Patriots have to get to the Super Bowl for the Patriots fans and for everybody else to be like, yep, eh, dynasty's over. Like what you know what I mean? If they lose this weekend, everybody's going to be like, it's over. It's over. They made it to wild card weekend. They lost. Uh, Tom Brady's contract's up. Nobody knows what's going to happen. The world will be like, it's over, it's over, it's over. They win. Then they win the divisional round somehow. Probably have to go to Kansas. City, then if they uh-huh. if they get another win in Kansas City like they did last year with D Ford lining up offsides, yep. and then they get to the Super Bowl and lose, I think everybody be like Dynasty still happens, still the AFC champions. If they don't win the AFC though, I think you're going to hear everybody be like Dynasty's over, it's done. Nobody knows what's going to happen next
3: year. Yeah, but we've we've lost that game before, you know, and come back from it. You, if you remember 2015, we missed an extra point to lose to Peyton Manning and the Broncos. People thought the Dynasty
2: was over then. Came back one, two more Super Bowers. That was Peyton Manning the Broncos. That was not Ryan Fitzpatrick in the number 5 overall draft pick. Whoa, well, I mean, whoa, it's the difference. What's the difference when we're thinking about this? Week 17 They have never lost to it like this in a, team, in a must-win game when they have to win in Week 17, which you know, doesn't happen very often. They've never lost a game like this. You know this.
0: what I think? I think that the Patriots are so good at being focused on the task at hand that they didn't even know that they potentially were going to lose the bye week. I I don't even think they knew that. I think all they knew was they had to play the Dolphins on this particular day. I don't even think they knew what was potentially in the cards if they lost that game because they're so focused on the task at hand. I think they didn't find that out until afterwards. They're like, by the way, since you lost, you no longer have a bye week. You're like, well we're on to next week then that's all there I, I think that the, their focus might have got them gone. yeah
3: I mean it's, it's, it was just a train wreck from, from start to finish I mean in the Brady pick six you don't see that that oh. often and we lose to Miami we've lost to Miami every yeah, year yeah, since not 2013 yeah losing to them at home I mean
2: they're, they're not angle. going through Tennessee Kansas City and Baltimore it's not happening they're done they're dead
0: clip keep, that keep stick calm. a fork in them <laughs> hey clip what Dick <laughs> just said it. right there Say it one more time. Hi,
2: my name's Anthony DeGillio. Hi, my name is Anthony DeGillio. Yep. And I guarantee okay. the New England Patriots with this offense are not going through the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Oh, my God. Everybody in New England just got hard right now. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to hear. I heard it. I heard them just start happening. Tents were just pitched all <laughs> I, heard it.
2: I mean, I was hard all day yesterday after their loss, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know that this time of year is the number one time to get engaged? So if you're in love and ready to get engaged, see our friend, Steven Singer. The I hate Steven Singer guy. You've been hearing us talk about him for weeks and may have seen his billboards. I hate Steven Singer. Other jewelers love to hate Steven, why? Because Steven makes buying a diamond easy. No negotiating, no haggling, no nonsense, and no BS. Just one perfect price every single day. And he has the best qualities, best diamonds anywhere. Check out Steven's ready for love. You ready for love, Connor? Oh yeah. You're swiping right on everything, aren't you, Kyle? Everything. Well, don't swipe right on the other jewelers. Only swipe right (laughs) on Steven Singer because he has the best quality, best diamonds anywhere. His Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Ring Collection that is ready to go. Each diamond is hand-selected and picked by his real expert jewelers. No one selling online or anywhere else for that matter does it better than Steven Singer Jewelers. He takes no-risk shopping to the next level with his full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee, and fast and free shipping both ways. Whether your budget is $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect engagement ring for you at the perfect price. Visit the real Steven Singer at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philadelphia or online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Real diamonds, real experts, real jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's Steven Singer. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who is an all pro. He has the NFL record for yards from scrimmage in a season at 2,509 yards. This man was electric every time he touched the ball. Can't wait to chat with him from the Tennessee Titans, Mr. Chris Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? What's that what type of yeah. car are you in right there? That that leather interior right there looks very, very nice. <laughs> just a Benz. Oh, hey. Hey. hey, congratulations. Happy New Year. Beautiful car. <laughs> All right, what have you seen from Derrick Henry this year that has really made this Tennessee Titans team a complete threat and also a team that can travel on the road and win in the playoffs? Oh,
4: uh, man. I, I've been saying it a long time. They just got to put offense on his back. Just go in the game and say, we're going to give him 30 touches, and he's going to do what he got to do. Like, he's the type of bat where you can't just give him 10, 15 carries. He got to he gotta get going. He got to get comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Once he get on the road, it's going to be hard to stop him. He a big, He a big guy. Okay, so I've always wondered
0: about this, where they have like two running backs or three running backs and they try to give them the ball like every once in a while. We had Frank Gore on our team, and they were trying to manage his reps. But Frank Gore was like, no, no, I need the ball so I can keep going. I can't be splitting reps. Is that a real thing for running backs? That You know, even those one-yard runs or minus one-yard runs, that's all helping build towards later in the game?
4: Yeah, it builds confidence. And once, like, it, the word that the running back uses – um, you want to get in your groove. And it's hard to get in your groove when the first quarter you might get three carries, second quarter you might get five carries, and then you look up and then it's the game is over and you probably got 10, 12 carries. Uh, you never gave him a chance to get in his groove, and I think a lot of that was happening with uh, Derrick Henry um, early on in his career. And then once you go back and look at the, the um, backside of last year, Um, And then this year as well, um, the beginning of the year, he wasn't getting as many touches. And then now you see towards the end of the year how they're featuring him and he's getting a lot of carries. It's like he's getting in his groove and he's in his groove. Now you got a a running back like to get a lot of carries at the beginning of the game. So by the time you get to the fourth quarter, he's in his groove, man. It's hard to stop him then.
0: Because, like, for instance, last night Marshawn Lynch – showed up after a 14-month layoff. He was serving shots of tequila a week and a half before that. His first play in the game was a play action, and I saw him jump out of the way to hit somebody. It's like he needed to get hit again to kind of get back in it. What do you expect from Marshawn Lynch, especially after this layoff? He looked like he still had some juice. I don't know how he is cardiovascular-wise, but his body looked like he still had some juice. Should we expect 10, 12 carries going forward, or do you think they're going to put more and more on him?
4: Um, I think they're going to work him in. He's been away from the game for so long, and um, it don't matter how you work out and the things you do and stuff, nothing gets you in shape like football <laughs> shape. I don't think he's in football shape right now, but I think the further they go in the playoffs, he'll eventually get in get in the groove and get in the shape, and the more in shape he's in, the more cares he'll get.
0: Do you think that they're going to pay Derrick Henry down there in Tennessee, or do you think he's going to become a free agent?
4: Um, why wouldn't they pay him? (laughs)
0: That's a great question. Nobody wants to pay running backs anymore, though. It seems like running backs, if they want to get paid, they have to do these drastic measures. Like I would expect at this point, he's the rushing leader of the year. He's the champ. He turned around their entire season. You would think an extension would have already happened for Derrick Henry. Instead, we're going into a playoff where they're going into New England with a potential shot at really winning this thing and moving forward, and there hasn't been any conversation about that. They're going to let it get to free agency and move forward. Why does it feel like running backs don't get paid? As on the same schedule as everybody else.
4: I don't know. You know, they trying to devalue the, the position um, or whatever. But I think with, with his, with Derrick Henry's situation is, I think it's, um, I think it's a trust factor with him. Um, because, you know, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in Nashville are in just the sports world. You know, they wrote him off. They wrote Darren Henry off. They didn't believe in him. So it it was at one point in time he wasn't even a starter, or whatever like that. So I think it's more of a trust issue thing with him, as far as um they they're not sure what they're gonna get from him. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like thing. What I've been saying the whole time: you just got to put the offense on his back and and give him the carries, and he's gonna do. He's going to do what he needs to do. So um, I don't see why they wouldn't pay him. I think they should pay him or whatever. So it's just a situation. to see what they're going to do.
0: You think the Titans beat the Patriots?
4: Of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa. What? You're 100% certain of that. It's not even like a, that wasn't even like a question. There wasn't even a thought of it. Of course was the
4: answer. Of course. We all in one. I still remember last time we played down there and they it was like probably like fifty to zip in the third quarter. <laughs> that happened to we a them lot them of
0: went. us CJ. hey, that happened to a lot of us up there in New England.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we owe them one.
0: Is this the end of a dynasty up there in New
4: England? Um I can't say that. Why? I can't long you got you got Tom Brady. You got Tom Brady, you can never write them off. His
0: contract is up. After this year, there has been no conversations of extension, and there's a lot of conversation of him potentially leaving. All they're worried about is the Titans this week. If they lose to the Titans, which you're 100% certain of, do you see yeah. this being the end of the, the dynasty up there?
4: Um, I don't think so. Oh, my
0: <laughs> gosh. Connor, that has to make you feel Feels crazy. great. Hey, who's winning the Super Bowl? Is it the Titans?
4: Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What has Vrabel done to that team to make them such a better team and to believe? Is it Tannehill? Is it Derrick Henry? It feels like they've all kind of bought in. The Titans have always been this close to being this elite team, and it seems like they're at that point now. What has Vrabel done to make that happen?
4: Um, I think he he's going back to the old, the old Titans um, game plan, um, even from Eddie George and then all the way up until when I was there and we went to the um, playoffs that year great defense and running the ball um a lot of things that they was doing um at the beginning of the year they was trying to throw the ball a lot and do a lot of different things and then it's like now they're back to the old ways we gonna we're gonna give their henry the ball 25 times and we're gonna play good defense
0: well i can't wait to see what happens in new england yeah. i I told myself I wouldn't bet against the Patriots anymore, so I can't do it this weekend. A lot of people are hammering Uh, Titans. You're
4: not rocking with me?
0: (laughs) Chris, I lost so much money uh, betting against the Patriots. What game was it? uh, Bills. Bills. I thought the Bills were going to go in there because the Bills had this great defense. They were playing well. They shut out Duck Hodges, basically. This was the moment for the Bills to take that next step. They go into Foxborough. I'm like, Bills got this outright. Patriots cover six and a half somehow and I told myself I'm never betting against the Patriots ever again but this weekend feels like a game where I might break that and hammer the Titans plus five and a half because everybody feels that way
4: oh they Vegas got Titans plus five yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh, Chris we appreciate you so much for your time brother enjoy your trip and good luck to your Titans I can't wait to talk to you again next week when the Titans going right. a win Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, CJ2K, Chris Johnson. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Good guy. Smart man. Hell of a football player. 2,509 yards. It's a lot. 2,509 yards in one season. Imagine your body running nine yards. Now imagine running 509 yards. And now imagine 2,509 <laughs> yards in one season. He was an animal, dude. And he used to be able to pass protect, too. Whenever you see him on Twitter chirping every once in a while, talk about running backs not being able to pass protect, he's like, that's a big part of this whole thing. He was an undersized guy who was very fast. Everybody's like, oh, this guy can get out in space. He was running in between tackles. He was pass protecting. He's an animal. Good for him. He likes the Titans a lot. Feed Derrick Henry. He says, get him in their groove.
2: Well, yeah, Derrick Henry's like, he brought up Eddie George and, and us growing up, we saw the bus. It's like a first quarter, second quarter, those one, two, three-yard runs, and when they start taking a toll on the defense, third and fourth quarter, they had to turn into eight, 12, 25-yard runs, and that's what the Titans have to do. Yeah,
0: like, you got it. like, that, I learned a lot there with that Frank Gore situation whenever we were at the Colts because we had, like, three other ba- – we had three backs. I forget who the other two were. I think maybe Boom Heron and somebody else in – Frank Gore was getting the ball like one, two times a quarter and then they were like this whole thing and Frank was like this this is not how I like he was very appreciative of the opportunity he loved it but like listening to people talk about him and how he runs and stuff he's like this is not how it goes so whenever you see a running back like get in and get out then get in and get out I often wonder in their eyes like hey I need to start feeling this so mm-hmm. I can start seeing things better because I think you can obviously read a little bit better if you have more action and more reps and sometimes you just can't do it because of the fear of them getting hurt like Marlon and Matt for instance, for the Colts, he is an incredible running back, but I'm not sure his body is going to be able to withstand a beating of an entire season ever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to do that, but it seems like the more times he gets the ball, the better he is, so it's almost like a gift and a curse. And I think with Derrick Henry, them feeding him the rock, put the team on his back, I think it's like Novocaine, just got to wait, it's always going to work, and I think that's a real thing.
2: Also, shout out to a dude who can take a beating. Christian McCaffrey finished with 2,392 yards, the only the third running back to ever have 1,000 rushing and 1,000 receiving yards.
0: And... Chris Johnson, we asked him early in the season if he thought Christian McCaffrey would be able to get him, and he said, "I don't know, man, That's a lot of yards." <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Chris Johnson beat him by 200 yards. Mm-hmm. Think about the year Christian McCaffrey had. Only running back ever to have 1,000 and 1,000, and Chris Johnson, or third running back mm-hmm. to have 1,000 and1,000, 1, and Chris Johnson beat him by 200 yards. That's another two games. That's another 200. Oh, my God. He was so good back in the day. He used to get it, too. He ran a 4.2 or whatever. As soon as he got it in space, it was gone. I apologize for interrupting this incredible conversation, but some big news is happening right now. Big. Big, big news. So I've told you about the company CBDMD. They're a company that creates CBD products at a very high quality, highest of qualities in the CBD products that make your life better. And I even specifically told you about CBD PM from CBD MD, these drops that I put into my mouth and then 30 minutes later I pass out and then I wake up feeling fresh and my body feels better. It's the best thing on earth. And right now, CBD MD is giving a discount to this show and to the listeners of this show 25% when everybody else has a 20% discount. Every other show, 20% from what I've been told. Now I could be lied to, but from what I've been told, everybody else is giving out 20% discounts. Us, 25% discount. All you gotta do is go to cbdmd.com, promo code McAfee, and you get 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. CBDPM Blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. It makes sense because, boy, it puts you out like a light. Like a light. Like a light. Because science is behind it. A little melatonin, a little valerian root, a little chamomile. CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee for 25% off. It's the best, dude. It's the absolute best. Bowl season, by the way. A lot of exciting matchups, they say. It's going to be tough to get the quality rest you need to stay focused on all the games. I think we can all agree with that. Get quality rest with CBD PM from CBDMD. CBDMD.com promo code macfee 25% off. We have some breaking news. the video
2: play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breaking news, Digs Just tweeted from Adam Schefter, the two final and prime candidates it seems for the Giants head coaching job will be Baylor head coach Matt Rule and Patriots offense coordinator Josh McDaniels.
0: Okay, so... I'm not sure that's breaking news (laughs) because... If well, those, I said you already broke it, kind of. Yeah, but if those two say no, like, they're going to have to look for another coach. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Schefter is eating today because he could just say, breaking news per sources, the Carolina Panthers are looking to hire Bill Belichick <laughs> as their head coach. You know, like, there's things you could just throw out there. What we said in the first hour, if you're just joining us now, welcome to the show, by the way. This is the Pat McAfee Show from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm being joined by Nick Moraldo, Tony DiGiulio, Connor, Ty, Zito, Foxy, and Uncle Todd, is on the phone. one 833 3331 if you want to join the conversation. What we said in the first hour was, I think Lincoln Riley should be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I understand Urban Meyer's name has been floating around, but I think Lincoln Riley brings a great energy to that team. He doesn't have to deal with anything like Jerry Jones, deal with everything else, the GM... The conversations, the conferences, the hard questions. Let Lincoln Riley, a la Cliff Kingsbury, a la Sean Payton, even Matt LaFleur, let Lincoln Riley bring in a little energy to that building. Utilize Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Cobb, Gallup, that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, and kind of make them a top-tier offense. Not like they weren't this year, but just a weapon every single game. Bring in a very experienced defensive coordinator. I don't know who that is. Maybe it's the dude from... Uh, from uh, Cleveland is it Petten in Cleveland? No, he's in Green, he's in Bay. Green Bay. Oh, you can't get him. Probably not. He can't was
2: at one point in Cleveland, correct? He was yeah, a head, head, coach head coach there. He stunk
0: with Manziel, though. I mean, tough. Give him a break. Tough. Did he ruin Menzo? I don't know. (laughs) But getting a good defensive coordinator there with Lincoln Riley running the offense in the day-to-day operations, I think that is a very good hire for the Dallas Cowboys. The more and more I think about it, the more and more clear it looks like that's who they should get. Now, granted, that stinks for Boomer Sooner fans, but it's only a matter of a couple years before you start to hate him because he gets you to college football playoff, but you get blown out inevitably by a team that can either recruit better or something along those lines. Now, for the open job at the Browns, I think it should be an experienced coach, a coach that understands how to handle, um, not only personalities, but day-to-day. It may be a little bit somebody who's a little hard-nosed, a little bit of a hard-ass. McCarthy would be a great coach there. I also believe Jim Caldwell would be a good coach there. Excited to see how the Haslam family and the Browns organization fornicates that one up. <laughs> Very excited for that. I think down at Washington Redskins, it's already been reported that Ron Rivera is basically the new head coach there. Not sure how that's going to go. Ron Rivera, I know nothing about him. He's a winning head coach, though. Got fired mid-season, which I think was a respectful thing between him and the Carolina Panthers ownership. I'm excited to see what he does with the Washington Redskins team that has looked good towards the end of the year. And Dwayne Haskins has looked like a great quarterback. Excited to see him jump from year one to year two, whether he makes big strides or just kind of remains the same. That'll tell a lot on how successful Ron Rivera is now for the New York Giants. I feel Matt Rule is a lock for that job. I think Matt Rule, not only a great coach at Baylor, but he started with Tom Coughlin, which obviously has massive ties to the New York Giants organization. Matt Rule is a guy who, in college, has had success without the transfer portal, has built up his own guys, has a great uh, quarterback, has a great running back of the future, has some pieces to build on, and will be able to establish a good leadership and a good accountability-type mindset for the New York Giants organization which has to happen due to them being in a massive city with a lot of spotlight and a lot of disappointment in recent years. I don't know if McDaniels takes that job. A lot of people said McDaniels was potentially going to the Browns. Remember, he got on a plane and turned around with Andrew Luck as the potential quarterback. I'm not sure Josh McDaniels is going to leave the Patriots unless it's for a beautiful, perfect position, which maybe he thinks the Giants is. Maybe he thinks the Browns is. But for me, I think Matt Rule is going to be the head coach of the Giants. I think Lincoln Riley is going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys or should be the head coach of the Cowboys I think McCarthy or Caldwell are going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and then just go ahead and put the other those two in for the Carolina Panthers as well that's how I feel can
5: we throw another name into the mix Ian Rappaport just tweeted this out a little bit ago Ravens defensive coordinator Don Wink Martindale is up for some jobs and he's going to be paired with LSU's offensive coordinator Joe Brady bringing him along as his OC if he goes anywhere
0: oh he knows him like they're best friends That's not a bad play. Maybe Joe Brady should be looking for a head coaching uh-huh. gig. I yeah. think, in my eyes, I don't know how many D coordinators getting head coaching jobs anymore. I, 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 just, I don't know how many, especially with the way the league has become. Now, granted, defense is becoming much more important in the NFL. I, I think you saw a couple of teams, Patriots, Niners, Patriots, Niners, Pat Packers. As of late, Packers, yeah. Patriots, Niners, Packers, who have had success with the defense. of The Ravens, too. I mean, the Ravens, yeah. Lamar Jackson gets a lot of hype, but that Bills. defense is incredible. Bill's defense. A lot of teams winning with their defense. But for me, when you have a defensive head coach, it's a little bit difficult strictly because situations – Right, are always handled on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive coach has to react to everything on the offensive side of the ball. Do you go for it? When do you use the timeout? Do you punt here? Do you do this? That's all offensive coaches having to make that decision. The defensive coaches always have to rely on reacting to what the other person is doing. Now, I'm not saying that defensive coordinators have a lower football IQ than offensive uh, coaches. I'm just saying that the team is led by the quarterback, so the coach that is directly coaching that person in that side of the ball who also understands a lot more about situations football should be the decision maker. Now, Bill Belichick's a noted defensive guy. He's the best at situational football that it's ever been. So I assume there's some outliers. But for me, I always lean and tend towards the thought that offensive coordinators are going to get jobs before defensive coordinators just strictly because of that. And it's a much more flashy thing on the offensive Mm -hmm. side that you would want your program led by.
2: Yeah, and right now it's been an offensive league. But it's funny you say that because, like, it seems like the defensive guys are great motivators. But their in-game, like like Tomlin, his, his critique has been over his career, great motivator of his players, but his in-game situational timeouts, things like that, has been questioned. And that's defensive guy versus an offensive guy who's, who's normally good at that.
0: Well, the defensive – now, granted, there's offensive guys that aren't good at it, too. Andy Reid.
2: I mean, there's a lot of – whoa. Andy Reid's known for not using a timeout in the correct place a lot of times.
3: Jeez. I mean, can Andy, He
1: just he just won the oh, division. Can he tone. just have not a just day? Tone. They, they got to buy. Can he have a day, please? Tone. I mean, Bye. come on!
2: You've changed,
0: bro. <laughs> Pete
5: mean, Carroll, Mike
2: McCarthy.
0: What? <laughs> offensive guys who are not just having tough
5: times every once in a while. Oh, Pete's a defensive guy. Yeah, but.
0: Pete Carroll's a defensive guy. I don't think he's an offensive guy. Is, he? is Pete Carroll an either side guy? I don't think he is. I he's just think. happy. Right he's just middle. a happy guy. He's just right in the middle. Love By the way, loves them both. Hey, he's great leader of men, though. I guess people love him. He doesn't have to do anything on the offensive side or defense side of the ball. That's the gig there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That you—you you are just the CEO because that's what happened when you become a head coach you become a CEO a lot more things start falling to your desk than you could imagine you know whether it's tweets that a punter sent out you have to deal with you have to deal with all this other stuff day to day schedule there's a lot more to it and in my eyes I just feel like the offensive coordinator is always going to get the favor over a defensive coordinator just because there's a lot that goes into it and situational football is a real thing mm-hmm.
1: well and I look at like a guy like Vic Fangio too who like was one of the hottest names because the Bears defense was so good last year he goes to Denver granted they didn't have a quarterback they got one now they do they do so but you know is he the guy to to you know kind of like guide drew lock through that process i guess we'll see but you know i
0: think you're right because the quarterback is your team right you go as the quarterback goes i mean that's just the way the nfl is and always will be You, you can have a great defense that's beautiful that's A necessity, if you really want to be a great team, is you have to have a good defense. But the quarterback is the guy. The head coach has to have a great relationship with the quarterback. That's just how it goes. In a defensive coordinator, if you're dealing with the defensive side of the ball every day, like Zimmer, they talk about how Zimmer, the Vikings are just two different practices. How Zimmer's always with the defense, and the offense is just off by themselves. That's an interesting thing. That's an interesting dynamic. Now, granted, the Vikings have had some success with it. I think they're running into a buzzsaw with the Saints, who are playing Drew Brees, into the fourth quarter, up 40 points. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's wild. That was wild. That was insane. They were all in there. Yeah, but maybe Drew doesn't want to come out. You know, maybe Drew's like, "Hey, I, I would like to continue to play to stack these stats that I'm dominant and I wasn't a part of the NFL All 100 team."
2: Kind of uh selfish though cuz Teddy needed one touchdown pass to get a nice little bonus yesterday. So, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Drew yeah, uh, right check. I don't think so. <laughs> That's definitely a move that
0: was made then. Wow. The I didn't Saints. know that the Saints would do that to a player.
2: Oh no! Two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus if he throws ten touchdowns on the season. He had nine. Oh, jeez! Oh, I mean, they were they were up, up thirty five. I got questions at half. They're up thirty five at half. Did
0: Sean Payton do that on purpose so Teddy Bridgewater wouldn't get his bonus? I've seen players get pulled at particular times because they had to have a percentage of plays played, and they miss out on a bonus by like four plays. It's the nature of the beast. It's a bad business. Hey, that's bad business. That'll come back and get you. You know how it'll get you? Pass interference call in the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't get a bad week. You don't get a bye week. That's karma right there. That's not good. Maybe that's why Teddy said I'm gone. Maybe this is why Teddy will leave. I'd sign him. You would? Yeah. Behind Ben? Yeah. Oh, Tone. Tone. What do you mean? Oh. Already, Tony? No, your eyes said that you would start Teddy Bridgewater over Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Your eyes said it.
5: He's not going to sit for He can go anywhere he wants to start. He's not going to sit for a year behind Ben.
0: Not anywhere. But there's going to be a lot of options for him.
5: Uh, this is big news right here. Um, breaking news? Uh, yeah, we could call it breaking news.
0: Oh! Wait, you got to wait for it. we got to <laughs> dig into a file. Area. There
5: you go. Oh, 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 yep. Oh. <laughs>
0: Breaking news from the desk of Frank Lefko (laughs) Moro.
5: Pro Football Focus has announced the punter of the decade, and it is indeed Pat McAfee by
3: the way.
2: Stand up, take a bow.
3: Take a bow.
0: Thank you. Hey good, hey, good for me, huh? What a, what a decade.
3: <laughs> hey, what a decade.
0: Good for me. I wasn't on the NFL 100 team, <laughs> but I was on the Pro Football Focus All-Decade team. Oh, this yeah. decade, if you want to punt a ball, it comes through Pat McAfee's house. Hey. Oh, yeah. hey, what do we always say? Men lie. Numbers don't. Numbers don't. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't lie. Oh yeah. Good for me. Hey, Pro Football Focus awesome. put something out the other day. It was last week or oh, something yeah, yeah. like that. It was like their top rated punter seasons or whatever the last decade. I had no idea it was that good. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, they have you here at one at ninety five point three for the uh graded I don't know if that's for the entire decade or the score. But then they have Thomas Morstead at two at ninety two point four and Johnny Hecker at three at ninety one. Good guys.
0: These guys are all pretty good. Uh, feels good <laughs> to a break. Hey,
2: the uh, Browns have uh, requested interview Ravens OC Greg Roman for their head coach. Yeah,
0: position. that's what I'm saying now. Now that's look out for Greg Roman potentially going to the Panthers with Cam Newton.
2: You think they run the Lamar Jackson offense with athlete Baker Mayfield? Or you think they sign Colin Kaepernick? Oh! Oh!
0: Oh! oh! I know they're not going to sign, and that's the punter of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run through these playoff games and give quick predictions, shall we, from the wild card weekend. Bills at Texans. We all like the Texans?
5: Yes. I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: You like the Texans. Unless the Bills can show up. What we watched the Bills do to Doc Hodges, an undefeated quarterback at the time, I don't think is what we're going to see now. I think the Texans at home with J.J. Watt returning like a Marshawn Lynch type boost could be a massive thing. But the Texans have faltered in playoffs in the
2: past, so it wouldn't put it past them. Maybe lean Texans because of experience. Josh Allen, Bills are not this young team. They're not used to being in the playoffs. Hmm,
3: true. Yeah, um, but the Bills did beat the Dolphins this year, so <laughs> you got to go think they're pretty
0: hot right now.
2: <laughs> okay, let's go to that. Titans and Patriots.
0: Everybody likes the Titans? I do. Diggs likes the Titans. I'll have to see what the line is, but I think I do too. It's five, five and a half. Five. Oh, the Titans plus five and oh, hammering titans plus five and a half Love have it. no idea if they get to win or not i am not <laughs> by the way no i'm not betting i wrote I, I wrote a note to myself i wrote a note to myself do not bet against the patriots i wrote that note to myself now granted did that lose me money yesterday against the dolphins absolutely it did but i wrote a note do not bet against the patriots i won't do it even though i really like the titans plus five and a half mm. Connor, you even like the Titans plus five. He minutes. does. He no, does, I'm obviously. probably going to take the
3: Pats minus 13. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Buy
0: that mother. Minnesota at New Orleans got the Saints to win by, what you just say? No, they, uh, caught, uh, himself. I caught, myself. they uh, caught himself. They uh, Minnesota at New Orleans Saints. We like the Saints, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. the Vikings. Yep. And Seattle at Philly, we all like. Philly. <laughs> Seattle. That Seattle on the road. Be, I think we got a lot of very good games here. Now, I I, I really don't like, – Philadelphia – Won the NFC East, which everybody called a sham because... Philadelphia's playing with, I think, like their 90th and 98th guys on their roster from injuries. I think a lot of credit needs to be said about Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson being able to win with all of their players being hurt. A lot of other teams rely on the excuse that their good players got hurt. The Philadelphia Eagles, now granted, they're in a terrible division with terrible football teams. Still being able to win in the ways that they've been able to win with the playmakers that they haven't had is something that is impressive. You listen to Dan Orlovsky talk about Carson Wentz. Dan Orlovsky, by all accounts, has a good brain the man is a smart man he wears weird glasses and says a lot of dumb things at sometimes, but he's a very smart man he's taking a stand for carson wentz for a reason carson wentz is a good football player do they have enough though To win in the playoffs. I'm not 100% sure. I think Seattle Seahawks are a good matchup for them because the Seahawks always are ugly too. Like You never know what you're going to expect with them. They seem to not have a lot of weapons. I'll be excited to see who wins that game. Both of them lose in the next round no matter what. Yeah, Carson
1: Wentz, first quarterback to throw for over 1,000 yards and not have any of his
2: receivers over 500 yards.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, just startling.
2: Absolutely startling. Also, <laughs> yesterday, Miles Sanders got hurt, and their starting right guard, I believe, was carted off, to like, too. Doug just...
0: Peterson should be in a conversation for Coach of the Year. Now, it's going to Harbaugh, obviously, yeah. for what happened with them and how good they've been, but there's some people that should be in conversation for being able to win without players, because there's a lot of coaches that rely on their players getting hurt to expand or to get another year, basically. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what? We get another shot with a full roster. We'll be good next year. Oh, we get another shot with a full roster. We'll be good next year. Where these guys were like, hey, listen, I don't give a damn who we have. We're going to go out there and win a game. Doug Peterson has been able to do that with the handsome ginger Carson Wentz, who was almost photographed nude in room. Oh. <laughs> oh, close. Close. A lot of thigh. A lot of thigh. A lot of body. A lot of thigh. Been there, done that. <laughs> I wonder if that media person is going to get fined 15 grand for that and shunned from the organization. I wonder if that's going to happen. I don't know. We're right in the middle of bowl oh, yeah. season. We're right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. That's back. But it's not just any bowl season. It is the biggest and best bowl season of all time. And you know why? Because Cheez-It is now the official snack of bowl season.
3: Hey!
0: Yes, Cheez It, the cheesy, crunchy, satisfying snack, is proud to be an official sponsor of the college football playoff. But Cheez It didn't stop there. Cheez It also made its way out to the desert for the Cheez It Bowl, where we saw the Cougars from Washington State take on the Falcons from the Air Force Academy. And man, did we have fun? Didn't we, Foxy? Yes, sir. The Air Force Academy was stumbling, fumbling, mm-hmm. bumbling all over the field. Nine minute drives. 22-minute drives, it felt like. The Washington State Cougars just couldn't get out of their own way, and the Air Force Falcons took advantage of that. Got a chance to see Mike Leach in person? Handsome guy. Mm. Didn't get to meet him like handshake meet him, but you get it, you got it. We sat in a story and a half cheese It box with a group of great men. Yes, sir. The sweepstakes winners were incredible. And then we had some veterans with us, too, that won from Vet Tick some tickets to sit in the box with us. Good. Best part of the entire trip was the humans that we were sitting with in that box. I agree. And you also caught a pass from Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf down a sideline. Got, got, to- got both feet in. Both too. feet in, too, yeah. yeah. Not enough being talked about that. Double tap. <laughs> There was another one, a little low, slipped off my fingertips. We didn't post it because that's what the internet's for. <laughs> <laughs> I was the master of cheese. Obviously, we all know that. And even though the 2019 Cheese it Bowl is over, the fun doesn't stop thanks to Cheez-It. Cheez-It is the perfect snap to watch the re- snack to watch the rest of the bowl games with. So do your taste buds a favor and go get yourself a box of Cheez-It snacks. Cheez-It, the official sponsor of the college football playoff. So let's talk about the college football playoff. Any chance Clemson stops LSU?
2: Uh, No way. I don't think so. No way. I think they might score more than them, but I don't think they're stopping them.
0: More than who? LSU. Oh, you think Clemson's going to win?
2: I do. Real. Tony.
0: Tony. I thought Ohio State would have been a better matchup for LSU, personally. I don't think the Clemson matchup with LSU is a good one, but boy, you think the Clemson's going to beat LSU right there? I do. You're hammering that right now?
2: Uh, No, I'm going to wait because the price keeps going up. It started started, at Clemson plus three, and now they're plus six.
0: Yeah, I think that LSU team, it could be, what have you done for me lately because they put up 500 yards and he threw for eight touchdowns or seven touchdowns or something like that, which a lot of people could be running off of. But, man, after watching Joe Burrow in person, which Mm -hmm. we got to do at that SEC championship game, that guy is the truth. He really is. In listening to Coach O talk about how we'll play anybody anywhere, he (laughs) says they don't care. They have that mindset, that attitude. And I like and respect Trevor Lawrence's game. I like him a lot. I like the way he plays football. I like ETN. I think he's a dynamic player, but I just don't know how anybody stops this Joe Burrow legacy that's currently on the rise. It seems like he's winning at everything, and this just seems like another obstacle for him to kind of just take over and dominate. It's a LS- te- team of yeah.
1: destiny feel.
0: It does. It does have that feel it right It really now. does, yeah. It, it, even Joe Burrow's winning these basketball shootouts. I mean, it's just like Joe Burrow is winning at everything. I don't know how Clemson stops him, but I'll be interested to see what Dabos when he puts together.
2: Because like, LSU and Alabama this year was 46-41. I could see it's being somewhere around that and else there's no reason that clemson can't in a high scoring that high scoring it's in game, louisiana too isn't it yeah it's yeah. in new orleans
0: <laughs> that was in Ooh. Bryant denny or whatever that was yeah
2: in, that was in
1: alabama that yeah.
0: day that you're talking about there's gonna be a lot of occasions it's in gonna be like
1: 75 percent lsu fans For at least sure.
0: At least. Maybe 80-20 there. Clemson travels, though. We're out there. A lot of orange out there. Clemson fans travel because their team is damn good. I don't know how you stop Joe Burrow, though. I'm excited it's, to watch Dabo Sweeney and Clemson try to figure it out. They got dudes on that team. I'm excited to watch them try to figure it out. But, boy, I don't know how LSU gets stopped this year.
2: Yeah, because they have two incredible
5: wide receivers. You do stop them. I think you just it's a shootout. You Hopefully, Clemson can score more. Like like earlier with Ole Miss and how many points and yards let, they put up on LSU. Hey,
0: Trevor Lawrence can run. Oh, yeah. Hey, he can run. Now, did they figure out their problem they had with John Rice Plumley that LSU defense? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think Fields wasn't as mobile as people could have thought he was or the run game wasn't. But Trevor Lawrence on that run where he looked like he was running 22 miles an hour, <laughs> he's six foot to 220, and he can run like that and make every throw. There's general managers all around the oh. NFL that are just salivating watching him play. But I just don't know how you stop Joe Burrow this year. It, it does seem like a team of destiny, which a lot of people say isn't true. It works in everything. Hey, team of destiny it. works in everything. Yep. I'm excited for it. I'm is, very excited for yeah, it. Yeah, me too. January 13th. There'll be a lot of eyes on that game. A lot of eyes on the mega cast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was the last show of the year, of the decade. Probably should have done a best of, but we didn't have enough time to prepare. Uh, We'll get you next year. I hope you enjoyed it. Coaching carousel is insane. Some of the things I enjoyed, though. I should talk about this, I believe. I mean, 2019 was a year that changed just about everything in my life. Got a chance to work with ESPN a little bit. Shout out to the Brazos belly flop on college game day. Pretty massive moment. Also, the first time I've really been underwater since I popped my eardrum. My junior year of college. Happy that worked out well. It was cold as a dickens. It was a good time. Something funny back there? Cold as a dickens. It was chilly. You just got to put that big paw up. Though. Oh, sick Bears. What else happened in 2019? Got a chance to go down to uh, the Super Bowl. Met Tim Tebow for the first time. The classic. He drives a golf ball. Ty Schmidt drops a Jesus. And right on cue, Tebow says... Loves you. Magical moment. Loved everything about that. That was in 2019. Got a chance to do a lot of work with WWE. Even commentated SmackDown one time. SmackDown on Fox. In a sleeveless hoodie. Nobody could have ever predicted that. Nobody. Big thanks to WWE. Big thanks to ESPN. Big thanks to Westwood One for putting me on the air. Big thanks to the zone for building us a studio. Big thanks to my fiance for being awesome. Oh, yeah, we got engaged in 2019. (laughs) Obviously, I remember that. I was saving it for last. You always save the best for last. So, before we get to that, big thanks to everybody that listens to this, everybody that's ever been a guest on this. And man, I'm loving life. And I can't thank you enough for running along with us. 2019 is a year I'll remember forever because I got engaged. I got engaged. That's why. And uh, I appreciate you all so much. Hashtag engaged. Hashtag engaged. Send your favorite photo of 2019. I'm giving away a bunch of shit on Twitter. Hashtag engaged Pat Sam. No, engaged Sam Pat, engaged Samantha Patrick, engaged, all right, here it is, you use hashtag they got engaged, hashtag they got engaged, send your favorite photo, video, clip, whatever from 2019, I'm giving out a bunch of shit, all day on the Twitter. I can't wait to hear from you. You're the best. Happy New Year. Ty, play some independent music. Val, will you stop snoring? Please. It's Valerie's birthday. Happy birthday, Valerie. Also, Florida's up 17-14 over Virginia in this Orange Bowl. Congrats to the Gators. Just jinx them. Congrats to the Cavaliers. All right, hashtag they got engaged. Ty, play some independent music.